It is officially spring. And while we're here on numbers on the boards, while we're talking about numbers on the boards, uh, I want to point up to the scoreboard there. It says spring 27, Bobby 0, because pollen remains undefeated in my life, dude. As you can tell, I just have, have nothing. I have nothing. I'm such a... I'm such a baby when it comes time to get sick. Why don't you get some Zyrtec or something? In your well, life? Lizelle, thankfully, uh, I only sit two cubicles away from Lizelle because she's got like a pharmacy in her desk. Lizelle Tech. Yeah. Dude, I just walked by her cubicle and there's uh, mist coming up. I don't know if that's if it's like uh, for her soul or if it's just vapor rub or I don't know what it is. And then she had... Uh, some tea and an astronomy birthday book (laughs) and so before we start this podcast she read what my characteristics were based on this very thick book of birthday information in the stars and i gotta say it was very accurate i don't know if she wrote this book or i don't know what her tie is to this book but it was very accurate i don't know you know she used to be just totally like normal like your average person and then she went to california once and came back and just all of a sudden everything changed right Everything changed. She's so mystical now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, your skin, by the way. Hey, and up, you Bob? were in California, too. I want to say the reason that the Mavs beat the Warriors was not because they were good and the Warriors were bad. It was because they were inspired, no doubt, by the fact that you were there in Clearly. the flesh to watch them. I'll just tell you this, Bob, if that is your real name. Uh, Robert, but that's fine. There have been four Mavericks Golden State games this year. The record in those games were two and two. All four games were excellent. Yeah, and I was there for all four games. Coincidence? Probably. No. Very much. Oh no, no, not no, at all. No, absolutely. I was the reason. Or wait a minute. No, yeah, yes. definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Yes. Have you? When was the last Warriors game that you were not at? Uh, I'm sure I missed the road ones last year. Did they win those? I don't remember. I'll say no. Okay. Because <laughs> so, I think we had lost twelve in a row at yeah. Oracle. Right? They hadn't won the at. Was? They hadn't won at Oracle since two thousand twelve. Yeah. 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 So uh, they need to start sending you to more games. I've been saying that. Yeah, Mark, Rick, Dirk. If we know you're out there listening, Rick is always like, "We need more skin. How yeah. can we make that happen?" Uh, yeah, Rick and I talk a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and then we also talk a lot about you. Right. So. Yep. Um, He's an avid listener to the podcast. Hello, Rick. Yeah. I think he listens with his family. Yeah, they, they all sit, gather they sit around, around the at dinner. They, they just <laughs> they listen to us. Light a fire and put a nice dinner in front of it. Rick is like carving the ham <laughs> and just listening to us. Yes, his nonsense. teenage daughter loves this basketball podcast yeah, that we do. Absolutely, absolutely. Teenagers are way into it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's fun. I, I do like uh, career days. And I'll go to these schools and, you know, I'll ask them, like, all right, who uses Instagram? And everyone raises their hand. Who uses Twitter? It's maybe half. Who uses Facebook? And nobody. Really? And then, yeah. And no one uses Facebook anymore. Good. Um, yeah, I agree. And then I start talking about the things that we do and I get to podcasts and everyone's like, well, I don't what are those? And I was like, well, it's kind of like radio on the Internet, but I guess it's just like a, I don't know. I, when do you start listening to podcasts? College? I think, well. Maybe I guess it just depends on when you're uh, when you get sparked to seek something beyond what your knowledge base is, right? Because okay. I think that's the primary function of podcasts to really explore your hobbies, kind of interest. right? Because I think, like, as someone who works in radio, uh, I can tell you that we're do- we're casting a very wide net with what we do, right? It's uh, it's it's a you know, it's an advertising medium. What, at radio, you're selling you're selling advertising. It's what you're doing. There's a lot of different ways to do it. You can talk news, you can talk sports, you can spin the hits. But you're selling advertising, so you're trying to cast a wide net. Where podcasts, for example, what we do here, 
are good for is when you have very defined interests that you want to super serve those defined interests. Like, hey, I'm a big fan of jazz. I would like, I'll give you an example. Uh, I listened to a whole podcast on David Bowie's Black Star record. Really? Yeah. And it huh. was, it was uh, after he had passed away and it was the years leading up to it and what he was dealing with with his cancer and the jazz musicians that he had hired and what these songs were about. And as someone who is a huge David Bowie fan, and I loved that record, uh, that that podcast was done through NPR. Um, that was something they talked to his longtime uh, producer, and it was excellent. So it's like, hey, there, I'm not going to turn on the radio and find one hour of discussion about this David Bowie record, but the podcast. Yeah. So you're not going to turn on the radio and hear one hour of two guys just endlessly talking about the Mavericks and statistical oh, analysis could, of man. the last week, right? But you download numbers on the boards, and we give you that good stuff. We're serving the people what they want. We're super serving their specific needs with these podcasts. Absolutely, man. We should start a podcast about a podcast. And oh, then that, that would is be so meta. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that would be really awesome. Um, By the way, uh, since we're doing this, I'm just going to I'm going to uh, promote something. Oh, yeah. Dude, plug away. You okay plug with away. that? So uh, I think people listening to this podcast know that you and I have varied interests outside of basketball. I would hope so. I'm a uh, music and film. I used to be more into film than I am now, but there's certain things just like get me real inspired. I saw you lose your mind about a movie uh, recently. Was, was it Black Klansman? Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen that right, and I knew I'm a huge Spike Lee fan. I kind of grew up with Spike Lee movies in a lot of ways, so uh, I finally saw that, and it was so good on so many different levels. I was like, man, I need an hour to go talk about this. So I'm starting a podcast. Really? It's called Deep Dive. You're going to talk about movies? Uh, or, or Hey, there's the anarchy, machine. Anarchy, Look at the anarchy. machine. Uh, we love that man. Anarchy. What's up, big boy? Who's we? Good to see you, man. Oh, he kissed me. Oh, that was, that was so tender. Love. Oh, uh, your mic, your mic. You lost your mic. It's back now, though. Oh, okay. Um, or is it? So Deep Dive. Deep Dive. What and are you so, diving into? Uh, the first thing I'm going to dive into is Black Klansman. Nice. Like six months after it came out or something. So it's going to be real topical, right? But it's like, <laughs> hey, I have a radio show, but we're not going to talk about Black Klansmen for an hour. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to, I'm. So I will uh, let you know, Dude, and I think awesome. it'll be out in the next week or so. Okay. Are, are, are you just? Are you flying solo, or are you bringing in? I'm going to bring in guests that were related to the topic. Nice. Like, so I got one of my buddies that I went to high school with is uh, ethnographic film studies up in Baltimore, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a really great scene early in the movie in which they have uh, Senator Clay Davis from The Wire doing a line from The Wire. Oh wow. Uh, which have you ever watched The Wire? I I have not, but I'm very familiar with So that's with the kind of thing that Deep Dive would be about. Hey, let's do a deep dive on season four of The Wire, okay. right? Yep. So it's a place for nerds to nerd out. And these things exist Dude, I'm already. on board, man. That sounds awesome. And uh, well, why don't you find something that you're interested in and bring it to Deep Dive? What do you think about Pokemon? You like Pokemon? Okay, that is uh, way after my time, but if you would <laughs> like to do it with my son, Desmond. Okay, all right. All right. Would. I mean, that's all. Uh, basketball and Pokemon, that's it. That's I don't your do thing. anything else. Okay, yeah, no, 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 so... No, I, got, um, I got lots of stuff, but yeah. No, okay, no. I'm interested in this because I saw someone recently, you were talking to someone famous online about Pokemon. What was that? I don't was remember. Was it Dennis? Or? Uh, well... Somebody had posted something about the Pokemon. Uh, Dennis, well, no. So Dennis and Luca, too, are both big like Dragon Ball Z fans. Anime is kind of like becoming cool. Or well, really not anime. I guess I should just say Dragon Ball Z is becoming cool at the NBA level now. Is that the th the, the, was that what was on uh, Luca's sneakers? Yeah, Luca had a Super Akira? Saiyan team go on. Well, he had, so he had a, a character named Akira from a different show. But then yeah, okay. uh, or from I, I think it's from a show called Akira. I'm not sure. So, I don't know uh, much about that. So here this But he also had super he had Super Saiyan Gohan 
shoes as well. Okay, this is a good example of how uh, you can just expose yourself as not a touch old guy on the on uh, various outlets. But he had these kicks on, and I didn't recognize what they were. And I knew it was anime, or a style, I knew the style of animation. I was like, well, that looks like Japanese-style animation. Um, and so I took a picture of it, or actually Clay from our broadcast took a picture of it, and I put it out there on the Internet, and, man, I got destroyed. Like, you phony, dumb, moron person. Oh, no. well, How do you not real, know what this is? People are real into... The things that they're into, you right. know what I mean? Right. If they're going to deep dive into anime and you get something wrong, they're going to let you know about it. Just right. like people let you know if you say an incorrect basketball stat. But we've never been wrong about those yeah, things. Yeah, we've never so been that's wrong. That's never happened. Yeah, no, no. Because numbers never lie. Numbers are on the boards. Yeah. They're literally right there. For right every, there. They're displayed right. Oh, for Oh, here it is. Do you know what this is? Yeah, so those are the uh, Akira shoes, and I'm okay. not even sure you pronounce it Akira, honestly. But uh, okay, yeah. He, so this character looks like it's spitting the Nike logo out of its angry mouth. Kind of. That yeah. Kind of what it looks I wonder like? if that plays into. I, I honestly I don't know anything about that character or the the show or so movie from which he originated. According to the Twitter that night, which was February eighth, you might want you look up what game that was. February the eighth. February eighth. I'm Ooh. going to uh, when we tweet out a link to this, I'm going to tweet out a picture. Of the shoes we're talking about, so people can have a visual accompaniment. I'm at uh, that is that is versus Milwaukee. Okay, I'm at. Oh, that was the one where uh, Giannis dunked six times. Yeah, is he, that what it was? He probably changed those shoes at halftime of that game. I think he put these on in the second half. Oh wow! Okay, I think. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, because uh, I took this picture at eight forty nine p.m. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, I will tweet out a picture of this. I'm at Skin Wade on the Twitter. So you, if you missed it that night, you can see the picture of the kicks we're talking about. Yeah, and he's also worn Dragon Ball Z shoes too. So uh, yeah, but yeah, anime is becoming cool, man, which is good because whenever I was in high school, it was something that you didn't really talk about if you liked. And I don't even like it that much. I just like one show. This Dragon is Ball Z. so. The, according to the Twitters, this is what like. This is the Citizen Kane of anime. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, this like now I looked at it and it was actually it came out with my senior year in high school, eighty nine. Okay, so wow. it goes way back, right? Yeah, kicking some doughs. It's open. interesting that Luca is into something like that. I thought it was interesting too. That's old. I mean, Dragon Ball Z is old, relatively old for him. Like they were airing new episodes whenever he was a baby. Uh huh. Because uh, I was still in elementary school and I was watching them, you know, Kill Cell and Majin Buu and all these characters that I'm sure you what know all about. What language is that you're speaking? Yeah, yeah, that's that's English skin. Okay, um, the Queen's English. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It it it, it does take place in England, actually. Well, there you go. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some basketball. I think it's time. Um, Golden State Warriors. That's a good team. Well, yeah. Um, so you. <laughs> That was uh, that was the game where everyone goes, oh, my God, I totally saw this coming, joke, joke. But, dude, yep. this happens in the NBA frequently, a lot more frequently than I think people. I mean, it happened in the Mavs recently. Memphis came into Dallas and smoked them, and Memphis yes. had lost like six in a row or something. Yes. It's just, it just kind of happens. But Memphis is winning some games. Yeah, they are. Mavs have a couple games left with Memphis this year, too. Yeah. Uh, but rarely does it happen to the Warriors at home. I will say that. I mean, that is like, that is definitely something that you could not see coming. Right. However, no, se- uh, no Steph. Uh, I believe Bogut didn't play that game. If that, I don't know how much that matters. Boogie was their kind of their only big man. Um, they had no. They had they no Sean Livingston. Okay, yeah, no Sean Livingston. He usually has a pretty good games against the Mavs. I mean, he has good games against everybody, but 
even still, man, all of that aside, to, yeah. to go in their place and beat them by 35 is pretty crazy. So uh, this happens in the NBA. I've got a story I'll tell you. All right. And I'm not going to reveal any names. I'm going to protect the innocent here. Okay. But uh, so it was towards the end of the season, and our team had a player, all right, that used to be on another team. Okay. And that other team came into town. It was towards the end of a year. And that other team came into town uh, the night before. And so uh, I'm watching this player warm up before the game. And as I'm watching him shoot, I'm going, is that guy physically sick right now? Is he drunk? I don't. I'm watching this person. His shot doesn't normally look at that. Dirk was going up against the Bucks. <laughs> he was just like. Yeah. <laughs> He's making nothing. Yeah. Okay. It's just, oh, my God, this is what, an hour and a half before the game? Mm-hmm. He was shooting with uh, an assistant, and that assistant was just destroying him with shots. Like, the coach was killing the player. Yeah. And I'm watching this going, what is – is that guy going to play basketball in an hour? Is that really about to happen? And what had happened was he had gone out with his former teammates the night before, stayed out way too late. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which a lot of 20-year-olds will do. Like, I can remember, I remember I used to have, when I get, used to get up at 6 in the morning for my, uh, well, I used to work with my dad, and I had a DJ gig on Wednesday nights. I'd get home at 3 and then get up at 6 and go to work every single Thursday. Every, sounds awful. But I was 28 or however old I was, and mm-hmm. I was like, no, no problem. I'll catch up and sleep this weekend. So, you know, when you're in your 20s, you're invincible and all that kind of stuff. So he probably thought he was going to go have a good time, but ah, I don't have a game till 730 tomorrow night. Well, he did not physically recover in time. Needless to say, he got pulled very early. Mm-hmm. But uh, from what I understand, March 23rd, the night of the Mavericks played the Warriors, is the birthday of one Aisha Curry. Oh. And so okay. on March 22nd, the Friday night before, they had a big birthday party. Interesting. Because Steph's birthday is a week before that. Yeah. Right? So, so they did the big a... bash. Yeah. Steph wasn't even in the building, dude. So I think huh. that, I think they went hard in the paint. Yeah. I think they went real hard in the paint. It's one and of I the think... kind of parties that I would hope to get an invitation to someday. <laughs> so as you watch that game go, well, you know what? I wonder if they were not properly hydrated for yeah. that game. I but mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm just giving them an excuse, and maybe all those guys got plenty of sleep, and it was awesome. Yeah, but the thing is, man, I mean, you know, players go out a lot, so I wonder, I mean, it must have been super epic. But then again, if everybody on the team was there, right? you know. It's, it's, it's the thing, too, about, like, I know there's probably people listening going, that is so disrespectful, and I can't believe it, and blah, blah, blah. Man, you, I guarantee you, uh, and, and except for people that completely abstain from alcohol, right? That's totally different. But I guarantee you the vast majority of 20-year-olds have gone to work hungover. Oh, absolutely. And so I know I did a bunch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so my point being is that if your job is to be at your physical peak and you may have had an off night the night before, you're going to see it. This is why there's all this study with uh, you know teams are changing the way they travel so that guys can get better sleep because mm-hmm. sleep on a plane – it's almost as bad as snakes on a plane. It's yeah. just not good it's sleep. It's not great, man. Right. So, you know, as we learn more about our bodies and we have the science to back it up and the medical data, um, you know, it's like that's why teams are changing their travel so that guys can be optimal performance the next night. And I think if you party the night before, 
I think we saw that on full display. Yeah, well, I mean, night. even if you have the sniffles, you're going to struggle at work. Right. I'm an example of that. Right. I've had a rough couple days because I just can't even breathe through my nose. Now imagine, you know, being pretty hungover trying to play basketball. The one <laughs> guy, terrible. the That'd one guy who can play sick is Dirk. I mean, yeah. he can win championships when he's sick. Yeah, you and know with one finger tied behind his back. Right. Only one of them though. The but rest uh, that's it. That's a. I didn't mean to bring this up for irony purposes, but there's a little thing called the Miami flu. Yeah, because Miami's an incredible city for a young man with a lot of money. The to Mavs go hang were out. there on New Year's Eve a couple years ago. Oh my God! And you know, sometimes things just happen. Right. Sometimes things happen. Yep. Um, so here's a little bit of trivia about that game. So the Mavs beat the Warriors by 35. I forget what the final score was. I should it was 126 to 91. 126 to 91. There you go. Good, man. dude. You are. If you knew that, then you're going to get these right. Okay. I'm, I'm about to test your Mavs memory. So the Mavs win 126 to 91. Uh, we'll start with the easiest question, and then we'll end with the toughest question. C. That was the sixth time in franchise history that the Mavs have won by at least 35 points on the road. Oh, wow. One of those other six times, funnily enough, also came this season. Do you remember the opponent? This season. This season. So two of the six biggest wins in franchise history on the road have come this season in a year in which the Mavs have won seven road games. Uh, oh, was it Charlotte? It was Charlotte. Because uh, yeah. of that first quarter three-point barrage? Yeah, they hit 10 threes in the first quarter. Or maybe was, even 11, I don't remember. Uh, one of them was at Madison Square Garden, right? Well, yeah, so that's the next. Uh, so you, you aced the easy question. Okay. So uh, the, the second, stage two, let's call it stage two. Uh-huh. Can you name the biggest road win, the team, or like the opponent, uh-huh. uh, obviously the location, and do you remember how many points they won by okay i would have get i know i knew i know they beat the knicks by 50 one time that is the biggest one yeah okay it was 128 to 78 okay that's january 24th a couple years ago january 2010 yeah okay yeah january oh, 24th, God, longer 2000. than i thought yeah. okay okay so uh, i want to take you down the box score of this game because it was yeah. pretty funny there so was, hold on if that was january of 2010 that was right before the Karan Butler, Brendan Haywood, Deshaun Stevenson trade. Yeah, that was uh, about three, a month before. Three weeks before. Okay. Yeah, because they made that trade, I think, the day before Valentine's Day. It was right around the All-Star uh, yeah, break. Yeah, right, I think yeah. it was right at the All-Star break because the All-Star break that year was – the game was on Valentine's Day. Okay. Um, so that game, when the Mavs beat the Knicks by 50, there was no Jason Kidd, no Eric Dampier. So your starting point guard that night – was J.J. Barea. All right. Jet started, and the great Drew Gooden filled in ah, for Eric Dampier. And in, how about that? In 33 minutes, he had 15 points and 18 rebounds. Your leading scorer that night was Dirk with 20. Uh, J.J. had 11 points and only four assists in 23 minutes, but he apparently did some awesome stuff. I, I, I didn't go and watch highlights of this game, but uh-huh. I did read the lead to the AP story on that game. Uh, it's just New York. Jose Barea kept finding unimpeded paths on his drives to the basket, and two things became clear. The Dallas Mavericks couldn't be stopped, and the New York Knicks didn't seem interested in proving otherwise. Who wrote that? His parents? Who calls him Jose? (laughs) I don't know, man. It was weird. But that was was before I think he was known as kind of J.J. nationally because he hadn't schooled the Lakers yet. He hadn't gotten taken down by Andrew Bynum. Back then he was Jose Barrera. Yeah, he was just diminutive (laughs) little, who's that guy? Uh, But because no kid... J.J. Uh-huh. started, and because Kidd was out and J.J. was playing the role of starting point guard, that meant one Roddy Bobois got uh, 24 minutes as the backup point guard. 
in those 24 minutes, he scored 13 points, which to that time was one off his career high. He also had six boards, five assists, and three steals. Okay, so that and that was uh, what was the date? That was two, 2010. January of 2010. Okay, about Kylie. a month and a half later, he lit the world on fire. So about one year before that, I don't know the exact date. I should know. I did my very first Mav game. It was a home game as the New York Knicks were at the Mavericks, and it was in January. Um, but that was uh, that was one year before that. So there's a lot of January Knicks memories going on here, yeah. just firing off in my brain here. And lo and behold, the Mavs played at the Knicks this January, won big, and then made a trade like about two hours after the game was over. What a wild 48 hours that was! Yeah, coming off the bench for the game or for the Mavs in that game too was Josh Howard, who only played 15 minutes. I guess by then he had fallen out of the starting lineup, was mm-hmm. traded shortly after. Uh, uh, he was part of that Crom Butler trade. Yeah, he was kind of the centerpiece. So when the when the Porzingis trade went down, me and Ben and KT were of the Ben and Skin Show, one hundred five three the fan. We did three to seven. That's right. We were uh, in um, we're at the Super Bowl, and that was in Atlanta. And Radio Row is like all these shows are broadcasting at the same time. So we go on the air each day at three o'clock. But fifteen minutes before that, we jump on with the previous show, the G Bag Nation. They're on ten to three. What are you going to talk about today? Blah, blah, blah. We just, you know, just mix it up. And so I'm getting ready to set my computer down for the mix. And the news is breaking of the Porzingis trade. And dude, their show has three dudes on it. Our our show has two dudes plus KT, three dudes, right? So there's six guys all standing up at Radio Rogue yelling, We got Porzingis! <laughs> and there's like a Boston radio station right by us. And we're so loud. They're like looking at us like, what are these jackals like, Shut doing? up, nerds. And we are just yelling, <laughs> it happened so quick but it probably like the rumor broke at the beginning of the segment and by yes. the end the so what happened was um like i'll just talk about it in dallas time i was in a different time zone but in dallas time so uh we're starting the mix at 245 at two i want to say 220 maybe it was 215 woge was tweeting the Knicks are preparing to trade Porzingis, and he listed six teams, and the Mavs weren't one of them. Yep. Meanwhile, the deal had pretty much already been done. And that's done. as y'all are pretty much getting, yep. To yep. getting your mics fit on. I don't like going, oh, no, they're going to trade him to San Antonio. That sucks. I wonder if we could get in on this. What? We traded for? It was like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was so awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. All right, you aced stage two. Okay. Let's see if you can how you can do on stage three. All right. So the biggest road win, they won by 50 points. The second biggest road win. Can you name the opponent or the season or the margin of victory uh, or literally anything else significant about the game? Because there are a couple interesting. Uh, hmm. You have to go. I mean, we're talking way back. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm probably. So, like in the 80s? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, I'm going to say they beat. I'm thinking of the bad teams of the era. I'm going to say they beat the Cavs. Close. Well, actually, well, I guess kind of close. Modern NBA history. They actually beat the Warriors. Okay. 149-104. Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, give me a year. That was January 15th. Another January thing. Mm -hmm. 1985. So 1985. That 84-85 season. I would think at that point the Warriors have Eric Sleepy Floyd and Purvis Short and Joe Barry Carroll. Joe Barry Carroll was not – he didn't play in the game. I don't okay. know if he was on the roster at the time. Okay. Uh, their coach might have been George Carl. Um, Where would it say that? Oh, let me see. George Carl was coaching in the early 80s. Oh, George. no, it was Johnny Bach. 
Oh, okay. Maybe Carl came after that. Uh, well, so George Carl, actually back then, you know, he's always been kind of an edgy guy. Yeah. I remember this so well. Basketball coverage was so different back then. But there, he was having a public feud with their center, Joe Barry Carroll. Joe Barry Carroll was a guy who had earned the nickname Joe Barely Cares. Okay. <laughs> and so George Carl was having a war with him through the newspapers, right? And he Always had, a good way to go. And they're challenging each other's intellect. And George Carl actually challenged, I swear to God this is true, you can find it on the internet, challenged Joe Barry Carroll to a game of Jeopardy. Oh, my God. So, so this is obviously George Carl matured Did a lot. Did Trebek after. take him up on it? or I don't think so. Uh, but they were having a very public feud and blah, blah, blah. Man, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Uh, so just a, a few interesting notes about the game before we move on. Uh, mm-hmm. They won by 45 points, 149 to 104. Uh, the most notable thing about that game is that they scored 51 points in the fourth quarter. Oh, they my God. 51 points. At the, at the time, the, all the starters were out, so uh, they were led by the bench. And okay, the, so uh, what year? 80-45? Yep. So Derek Harper got a piece of that. Yep. Dale Ellis got a piece of that. Yep. Um, Second-year point guard Derek Harper scored yes. 19 points. And then rookie forward. Mm-hmm. Sam Perkins. Ah, yes. Scored 18 points, grabbed nine boards off the bench. So um, I don't remember how quickly Sam was starting. Let me see. Yeah, uh, so 80 45 would have been his rookie year. That was because he was the 1984. He started guy. half of the game. Yeah, so I'm okay. assuming he probably played well enough to overtake who would it have been, Nymphus or would it have been Jay Vincent that he was starting? Probably with? Jay Vincent, I would imagine. Uh, golly, I'd ha- you know, that's one of those where you have to go back and look because it yep. all runs together. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't the have James Donaldson at that point. No, no, they added him later. Uh, they were still starting probably Pat Cummings at center. No, it was Davis, Aguirre, Blackman, Jay Vincent, Kurt Nymphius. Oh, okay, Kurt Nymphius. So I guess v- Vincent was the center. Uh, no, it would have been Nymphius. Oh, okay. He was about 6'10", 6'11", had a mullet. Nice. Crazy stash. Awesome. Dude, the 80s is such a good era. He sort of looked like a dude that would be, he sort of had a Tom Selleck vibe. I mean, I'm, you know, it's like he had that big stash, but he had a sick mullet. And I'm pretty sure he used to go check out haunted houses. I think really? that was, yeah, I think that was his bit. Oh my God, this guy's hair is awesome. Definitely Google him. He's kind of like if, if Brad Davis, like, yeah, like it was inflated to be much taller. You have a picture of him there? Uh, yeah, I got lots of them. Dude, look at look at him shooting a free throw there. Look at that guy. Yeah. That okay, guy so th- that right there is the way I remember Kurt Nymphius. That okay. look right there. Mullet, okay. short on the sides, kind of half-parted in the middle. Yeah. By the way... Parted George, in the front, party in the back. George Carl coached the Golden State Warriors from 86 to 88. Before okay. that, he had coached the very bad Cleveland Cavaliers from 84 to 86. Wow. Do you know the uh, Ted Stepien rule? Uh, yeah. So for our listeners that don't know, Ted Stepien was involved in the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Dallas Mavericks fleeced the Cleveland Cavaliers, taking their expansion players like Austin Carr and trading them to the Cavs for first-round picks. So, for example, the 1981 draft, two, you know, one of those picks was the Cleveland pick. The Mavericks came out of that draft with Mark Aguirre, Rolando Blackman, Jay Vincent, and Elston Turner. Not bad. Not bad. Jay Vincent is who... Luca is chasing for what is it most twenty point games? Uh, most twenty points game. I also think points per game. Points per game. I think Luca might have him now, but it's like a 
And so the reason Jay Vincent was getting all that is because Mark Aguirre got hurt his rookie year, so Jay Vincent got even more. Jay Vincent was on Magic Johnson's Michigan State NCAA championship team, right? And then Elston Turner was a defensive specialist, early second-round pick. Jay Vincent was a second-round pick. Elston Turner early on was actually starting ahead of Rolando Blackman as a rookie. And when uh, a very popular movie in the 80s was E.T., and so when Elston Turner would do something that they had – you know, back then there was no jumbotrons. It was a board with these light bulbs that would light up with animation. Oh, nice. They used to have the dancing dog. Yeah. Uh, but when Elston Turner would do something great, they would do the ET hand and light bulbs going oh, that's across awesome. the sky and touching a basketball, and the basketball would light up. That's right? awesome, yeah. dude. That's so cool. Uh, and that trade also with the Cavs, because I think they made multiple trades with them. They did. They did think, do yeah. multiple. That's how they got uh, Derek Harper or Dale Ellis. I can't well, remember which pick was which. I think it was Dale Ellis, but I'm pre- uh, I am know that they got Sam Perkins through the Cavs, too. Okay, yes. Because that pick belonged to Cleveland and very nearly uh, would have been a tiebreaker coin flip for Michael Jordan. Right. So, uh, and you know who went after Sam Perkins was Charles Barkley. Yeah. He was five or six. Mel Turpin went I after think, him. I think Barkley was five. So uh, they used to, but see, the Mavericks weren't going to draft Barkley. They, they already it, had Aguirre. It came down to Sam Perkins or Mel Turpin, and uh, there was they had printed up both because uh, they used to have the draft at the Regency, I believe. Like we're, we're for fans to come, and they had uh, when they drafted Sam Perkins, they started handing out the Sam Perkins card to all the fans, but they also had Mel Turpin ones. Made oh up. wow, yeah. Can you imagine if it was last year? It would have been like, okay, Doncic, Carter, Porter, uh, <laughs> Knox, Bamba. Right. Who knows how this yeah. is going to shake out. Uh, so anyway, that's a Mavs history. Two of the six biggest wins ever at the Warriors, and also two of them came this year, which is really wild. Um, oh, yeah. They scored 149 points. They were four of seven from deep in that game. They made four threes, three of them by the great Brad Davis. Uh, I want to make at least explore – the case for Jalen Brunson to get a little bit of uh, recognition at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read you his numbers real quick, and then I want to talk about kind of like who could be on the all-rookie teams. Okay. So uh, since early December, he is averaging 10.9 points, 3.5 assists on 48 from the field, 37 from three, and 77 from the free throw line. Since the all-star break, so narrowing the focus even more, as the season's gone on, some players get worse, some players like Trey Young have gotten better. Um, as the season's gone on, Jalen's gotten better. Since the All-Star break, he's averaging 15.4 points, four assists on 53-36-89 splits. Very, very good. So since uh, 2019, so since the new year, mm-hmm. he's eighth in points among rookies, seventh in three-point percentage, and fourth in assists. So I think the first team all-rookie team is locked. Luca, Trey Young, Ayton, Jaron Jackson, Bagley. So uh, the other thing is we got to find out when's the last time the top five picks were the first team. Oh, that was uh, I. Th- I think they talked about that on the broadcast. Um, I want to say that was the Charles Barkley year. Okay, eighty four. Eighty four. Yeah. So that would have been Sam Perkins, Michael Jordan, Sam Bowie, Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh no, and Charles yeah. Barkley. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Those five made it. Yep. Which a lot of people think is the greatest draft of all time. Yeah, and this one, I'm not sure there's a Michael Jordan in this draft, but there's yes, going to be a is. lot of his name is Luka yeah, Doncic. He's, he's on the maps. Um, I think those five are pretty set. Yeah. Jaron Jackson getting hurt kind of sucks, but uh, he was so good whenever he was healthy. I think there's three guys that are almost certainly going to make it. Colin Sexton, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, because he's the starting point guard for mm-hmm. a playoff team. And right. Then and he's been good. He's been good, yeah. Yes. His numbers are actually comparable to Jalen, but he's yeah. on a much better team. Right. Um, and Mitchell Robinson. Boy, he is going to be a defensive stud, yeah, too, Gilgis-Alexander. Really, oh, Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, and Robinson, too. Both of those. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I was still stuck on 
Yeah, Shea's smooth, man. He's yeah. really smooth. Yeah. Um, next to Lou Williams, too. They're doing great. Uh, so I think those are three guys that are almost certainly going to make the second team. So you only have two more spots. And mm-hmm. they don't do all rookie team by position. No. So you, you could have five guards. Right. Uh, so I think there's five guys that are competing for those two spots. Mm-hmm. Kevin Knox and Alonzo Trier, both from the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Trier started hot and has kind of tailed off a little bit as the season has gone on, but Knox has been pretty steady. Wendell Carter Jr., who uh, I think flirted with the triple-double at one point this season, and his numbers have been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Landry Shamit, who's been great mm-hmm. for both Philly and then, uh, oh my God, oh, the Clippers. Yep. He's playing, I think he's like, I don't know if he's starting for them, but he's playing heavy minutes, and he's been great for he's them. He's been good. Uh, and then Jalen Brunson. So I could read all their per-game numbers if you want me to, but I guess the, the question is, what are the odds that Brunson makes the team? Do you think he deserves it, I guess, first and foremost, and then just thoughts on how he's been playing this year? Yeah, so it's, I would have to do a deeper dive on those other guys, right? My first thought is that, you know, he, he's clearly right on the bubble. And it, and it just depends. I mean, Yogi Ferrell made second team all rookie in like what? That was a, such a games? weak draft class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Malcolm Brogdon rookie of the year? Yeah, he was because Simmons was. Yeah. Not a rookie apparently. Was he not really? really? That was the year he missed. Right. Yeah. I want to get back to that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so since he got rookie of the year, do we go back to? Did he make his first year salary? Uh, no, no he, I don't think he did. Contract, so he got yeah. his second year salary and made yeah. rookie. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. It's NBA. Interesting how that works out. Yeah. Stupid. Um, whatever. I got sidetracked. <laughs> so he's he's right on the bubble. I would have to do a deeper dive on those guys because I think like Shamit, for example, those are similar situations, right? Late push. Yep. Um, but Brunson has been so good. Uh, and I think the thing, you know, I one thing to be interesting it would be to look at combination of usage rate and turnover percentages mm-hmm. because it, just in my mind, without looking at the numbers, he plays so under control. Obviously, Luca's got a ridiculous usage rate, which is going to impact what you know Jalen has. Luca leads the league in touches for like a month and a half now. Is that right? I mean, touches—that's incredible. Yeah. So Every, he's got. If you such touch, a he's load. touching it almost a hundred times per game. So you're, you're <laughs> oh, going to turn it over a lot if right. you do that. That's right. just, you know, Trey, Trey Young turns it over more than Luca actually. But yeah. Whatever. I was looking at. Uh, I was at uh, cleaning the glass, looking at some of those numbers. Like, whoa, he turns it over a lot. He's yep. like in the bottom fifteen percentile. Mm. Um, okay. So, anyways, let's get back to what we were talking about. Uh, Without doing a deeper dive subjectively, I've been thinking he's a candidate for second team without going and looking at the other guys, mm-hmm. just based on performance. I wonder, with all rookie stuff, like Yogi Yogi got second team all rookie. His numbers were good with the Mavs. They mm-hmm. were okay with the Nets, and that was a down year. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a major, major up year. But I think if generally with awards, they give the tiebreaker to players on good teams. So I right. think Shaman has a chance, and he shoots it really well, and he plays okay defense, but he, he's just kind of like not uh, – he's unspectacular. You right. know what I mean? So if you're going to prioritize winning, you give the nod to him. But then all the other guys, Knox, Trier, Carter, Brunson, they're all on losing teams. Is Jalen spectacular? I don't think so, but you he's, just, like, he's such I an brought, old man game. Yeah. Like it, his game is inherently kind of boring. But that's what makes him so good. Well, that's why I brought it up is because you said he's uh, – you're talking about Shamit and he's unspectacular. I was like, you know, just Jalen's just steady Eddie. Yeah. And and what, what do you think – do you have anything that stands out in your mind as his greatest play of the year? Brunson? He's had a couple really nice dribble moves to create open seven-footers. Uh-huh. But, uh, There's no. one thing in my mind that stands out that right. is exceptional. And that was the pass to Luca in Portland. 
That was an amazing play. That was exceptional. Uh, like one of the greatest shots in Mav history is the Vince Carter three to beat the Spurs. Yep. The pass that Jose Calderon made is spectacular. At and that angle on a bounce pass. And that's what that Jalen pass reminded me of because in order to really execute, the pass has got to be perfect. Like, you know, we say on time, on target, and throw that around. I mean, it's got to be what, – what was there point six left when Luca made that I shot? I think it was like point four. Point I don't four. know, but either way. So it's got to be so perfectly in the shot pocket. And not only that, they – that wasn't designed to do that. It was a read that both guys made using uh, telekinesis or telepathy or whatever. And to see it and put it in the exact spot – Brilliant! Yeah, it was amazing. Brilliant! It was that a rookie amazing. made that pass. Yeah, I mean that's like that's like vet level plays. Yes, but that's all he does. It's he, vet level he doesn't stuff. do like rookie stuff. Yeah, he does make some rookie mistakes, but he makes a lot of plays that rookies just don't make. He's like, baby. He, he's vet. so polished. Yeah, he's so polished. Yeah. Uh, I should also say I don't want to leave off Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges put up some pretty he's good been numbers on a good this tier year lately. Yeah, he had, he's he's playing very well lately. His percentages are down basically across the board. Like he's only shooting thirty three percent from three. But he's got a lot of steals, good defensive numbers, so maybe he'll get some. Uh, and he's a lottery some pick. Thoughts as well, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, I don't know, Jalen Brunson. I think he's making a case, and I know he's going to get a lot of minutes from now until the end of the year. So his numbers might just gradually go up. But at this point, you look at him, you say, okay, he's averaging nine points and three assists per game. He's not that good. But then you go by splits. Like in his last 50 games, he's averaging like 12 points. His last 20 games, he's averaging like 15. And isn't that the argument that people want to make for Trey Young being rookie of the year? Hey, let's yeah. ignore the whole year and look at uh, Yeah, because he's playing track. really well right now. Right. Just like the other guy has been for six months. Right, right. Um, so anyway, Jalen for rookie of the year is what we're saying. <laughs> wow, that took a sharp turn. Yeah. Uh, I want to uh, kind of end. I don't know end. Uh, I want to talk about, how about uh-huh. that, at yeah. the end of the podcast. Uh, there's a site called Unpredictable, which I don't really know what I think it's meant for people that like to gamble. Okay, in Unpredictable, uh, but it's built on win predictable win pre- win probability models. Okay, so basically, it the guy that runs it is this genius dude, and he made his name because his win probability um, model is as accurate or more accurate than like ESPN's. Okay. So it's pretty much, I guess if you're a gambler and you're live betting, you're supposed to look at that and use it to make determinations. Like, is this the in-game betting style or is this I think going? live betting, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. But he, it's, his site is way more than just like live probabilities, uh-huh. right? He's got a lot of stats. And I, I think it's all meant to enable gamblers. And so that's why I'm kind of like, I, I, but I don't really know that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is, but I'm not, well, I'm well, not positive. Let's just be, uh, so basically the way Cuban has talked about that is that's anyone who's willing to put their money where their mouth is, let's take them seriously. There's a guy that now works in the analytics department uh, for the Dallas that's Mavericks. That's true, yeah. Bob Vulgaris, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he obviously no longer gambles because he works for the Mavericks, but that's how he made a name for himself was using his own uh, you know, proprietary analytic models to 
predict what was going to happen in games, and he did yep. very, very well doing it, and now he works for the Mavericks. So. Super duper well. Yeah. Uh, He's a brilliant guy. Yeah. So this guy, uh, I want to say his name is Mike Bowie, but I'm not positive uh, how you pronounce it, and I'm also not positive that he's the guy that runs it. But anyway, He was drafted ahead of Jordan in the 84 <laughs> draft. <laughs> yeah. His career flamed out. Stress he, fracture he, he stuff. Found, yeah. uh, he found a new way to do it. By the way, uh, Speedy recovered to Yusuf Nurkic. That was oh, God, horrible. That sucks. Absolutely horrible, man. Now, now, I read about it. I did not stay up late, Bad. so I didn't see it. Just, it's it's really bad. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And he and uh, I, I thought that they had a chance to do something this year. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, really they were, did. I thought they were going to tail off without McCollum, and they've been playing great. They've won like four in a row or five in a row since he got hurt. So okay, go good. Finish what you're doing here, and then I want to throw something about at the end about Dame. But okay, I want to stay here. Okay, I'm sidetracking so, us. I'm sorry. Uh, he does a, a whole lot of other stats, basically, uh, just a ton. He he has like excitement meters and comeback factors and stuff that is just like cool to look at. And then he also has. Um, it's per possession statistics, but it's basically uh, time of possession okay. more. So instead of pace, which is the number of possessions you play per mm-hmm. 48 minutes, it doesn't measure how long the possession is. He is measuring how many seconds on average does your possession last. Okay. So how long do you and, have the ball before you shoot? And, and don't we think that the reason we would measure that is because see how it impacts quality of shots? Yeah. Because there's two ways to look at this. Number one, if you're a bad team and you're holding it, on average, 21.8 seconds. You're probably taking bad shots at the end of the clock. Mm. However, if you're the Spurs, man, you have worked that defense from side to side until they're about exhausted, and then you got a great shot with one and a half seconds. Right? Yep. So there's different ways to look at it. Yeah, well, and like with the way that Phoenix played in the early thousands, their pace was always at the top of the league, but their time of possession was so much shorter than their opponents. So mm-hmm. their pace was really super-duper high on offense and just average on defense. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, anyway... I decided let's look at the Mavs this season and then let's look at the Mavs since the trade to see okay. how they're how they're different. Okay. So for the entire year, from October whatever against Phoenix to uh, this is Tuesday morning, they haven't played Sacramento yet. Yep. The Mavs are 21st in average time of possession uh, total overall. 21st, meaning that 30th is the longest? Uh, 30th is the yeah. longest. Yeah. yeah. Their average, well, actually 22nd, I'm sorry. Uh, I got these numbers backwards. So they're, oh, no. Reset. After a made Wait, shot. Wait, have to start the podcast over? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. This is numbers on the board. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going after a made shot, not overall. So okay. after an opponent makes a basket. Okay, yeah. So it takes transition out of the mix yeah. to not skew the stats. Yeah, literally just after your opponent makes a shot and you either inbound the ball or call timeout. Yeah. The average Mavs possession lasts on 17.4 seconds. Okay. After a made shot? Yes. Okay. Uh, that is... Uh, 21st in the league. So they're the 10th slowest team. Okay. In that time, after made shot, and this is for the whole season, they, they average 1.08 points per possession, which is 7th highest. So they actually score it great. Okay, so 1.08 points per possession after a made bucket, yeah. which places them where? 7th in the, in the okay, league. Okay, so in their top 10, but they're 22nd in the amount of time it 21st, takes. 21st, yeah. 21st in the amount of time it takes to get Yeah, the so they, they work for a shot. But it's usually a good shot, and they usually make it, yeah. which is weird because you think, well, against a set defense, it's tougher to score. Mm-hmm. But they've, that's actually been the opposite this year. Uh, after a defensive rebound, so after an opponent misses a shot mm-hmm. and the Mavs get the ball and go the other way, their average possession lasts 11.6 seconds, which is 22nd fa- slowest, mm-hmm. or 22nd fastest, ninth slowest in right. the league. Right. In that, in those opportunities, they score one point zero five points per possession, which ranks twenty seventh. So they say, actually score very good. worse statistically and worse comparatively. Yeah. Off a miss, and then they score twenty seventh most efficiently after a turnover, 
okay. which is crazy. That defies. Is that only live ball turnovers? Uh, no, it's just turnovers okay. in general. Yeah. And their average possession lasts 24th longest. Okay. So, so they're not doing a good job in transition. Or off, yeah, or off misses, which, right. and that's for the whole season. So I thought, okay, well, maybe that's different now that Luca is kind of the only guy because yeah. oftentimes he's getting the rebound and then going. Very early on, Harrison was going and Wes were going, and the idea was whoever gets the ball, push, push, push. But sometimes the wrong guy is pushing. Yeah. And, you know, you can kind of over Sometimes you run plays off of missed shots, right. which Rick is, doesn't want to do that, but sometimes it just happens. It happens. So, uh, anyway, I thought, okay, well, after since February 1st, because they played one game on January 31st. That was against the Pistons. Luka didn't play that game. That game doesn't count. They traded half their roster an hour before the game started. Right. Let's start February 2nd against the Cavs. So, since February 1st, the Mavs are 19th in time of possession after a made shot. So, they're okay. playing a little faster, mm-hmm. relatively. Mm-hmm. And they're the number one offensive team. After an opponent made shot, they're scoring 1.14 points per possession Are after you an opponent serious? made shot. That's number one in the NBA. That's incredible. And it is number one by Houston's number two at 1.13, and Milwaukee's number three. Okay. So you're with the best. Charlotte is number four, crazily enough. Okay. Well, and then Portland's number five. These are like the best teams. Okay. So what 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 do you think is similar about those five teams? Uh, Milwaukee has the Greek Freak. Portland has Dame. Houston has Harden. Charlotte has Kemba. That's yeah. yeah and and guards. and not only that, those guys uh, can do miraculous things in the half court setting. Um, obviously, I th- I would argue that style of play, Milwaukee is the uh, outlier yep. of those five teams. But they do have a guy that just causes so much individual havoc in a half-court set. Mm. Harden causes so much individual havoc. Luka. Kemba Walker is so great at just going one-on-one and bailing out a possession. Yep. And then we've seen Dame just dance on everybody's head. So I think like the thing I would say about that, and that's, hey, man, we're just scatter shooting here, but it is the, it's a beautiful thing to have an individual catalyst that, you know, a lot of teams, hey, let's run our stuff and get a shot. Okay, that's all fine. It gets the old joke about the triple post triangle offense. Yep. Yeah, it works great if you have Jordan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Works great. Hey, yeah, let's uh, pass it around for 20 seconds, not get anything going, and then Jordan makes a crazy shot. Yeah, I mean, the Mavs ran the triangle for a couple of years, and that did not oh go well. Oh, my God. Why did uh, – hello. Uh, we should get Jim Clemens on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking yeah. of that, uh, I will also add San Antonio was sixth. Uh, and Charlotte head coach James Borrego used to be a coach for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you run really good set plays, generally you're going to get good shots. And mm-hmm. when you get good shots, you'll get uh, a lot of buckets. So maybe that's something that they have in common too. But I thought, okay, well, that's kind of interesting because I, I figure whenever Luka has the ball in his hands, Jalen Brunson's played great. But whenever you get the ball to Luka, good things are going to happen, so you're going to score a lot. So that must mean off misses and off turnovers, they're playing even better now than they were before. Because Luka is the guy with the ball. Right. So off an opponent miss where the Mavs collect the rebound, they're 23rd in time of possession, so they're playing a little slower. And Skin, they are dead last in points per possession. 0.99. Why? That is so weird. Yeah. Dead last. They're the only team under one. They're the only team... Under let's see where where twenty ninth is. They're the only team below one point zero three. So that makes me think they're not getting good transition opportunities, and then they're circling back and they're taking too long to get into their crap. 
Yeah, I mean that could be, but or if you it think could about not, it, or it just could be a weird. It could know? be. I mean, you know, we're only dealing with, with what, a month, twenty of, games yeah, right, or something. And, right. But I mean, if you think about it, if Luke is getting the ball, he's going to bring it up the floor, and unless he's charging himself, Brunson and Powell and even you know Maxi Sala, these guys have been getting a lot of minutes. They're not big floor running guys like mm-hmm. Dennis was. Right. And Dorian can run the floor, but if no one's running it with him, right. Uh, so then you're probably getting into a possession. And I just wonder if this is, again, purely shooting from the hip uh, with Doncic starting. And if Brunson's not on the floor, even if Brunson is on the floor, you only have one guy, maybe two, that can take advantage of mismatches that present themselves in transition. Mm -hmm. Whereas before with guys like Dennis Mm -hmm. or even Barnes, if you got cross match in transition, you could attack those guys. Right. And they weren't they still weren't scoring that great. Only 27th uh, for the season. So probably like low to mid twenties uh, before the trade, but since the trade, they don't really have anyone to pick on mismatches. So what right. I'm curious to see is next year once you get Porzingis, if Porzingis is switched onto a guard and the ball's going the other way, he's posting him up and scoring like instantly. Right. So I would imagine that'll go up. And then in case you're wondering, which I know you are, unfortunately, uh, they're 17th in time of possession after turnovers, and again they are 30th in scoring efficiency. It's not good. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like defies defies logic dude mm-hmm. they're number one off makes they're dead last off turnovers and misses it's supposed to be easier to score off of misses right than it is off it's supposed of to be way easier to score but they're scoring like the warriors when their opponent makes a shot uh-huh and so does, dead it, does this take us all the way back to whether or not they should have called a timeout when uh, against oh, the rockets I don't, I don't know. <laughs> why go end to end whenever we go <laughs> Maybe it's uh, not yes. the maybe it's not the right play. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just something <laughs> that I found really interesting. I I don't really know what to say about it. Um, it it makes my basketball brain hurt. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how that's possible. The same team that's the best could be the worst at anything. I mean, usually teams that are number one in something aren't thirtieth in anything, especially when it's like offense and offense. Yeah, like you're the number one scoring team and the number thirty scoring team. I don't know. Maybe it'll change between now and the end of the year. But uh, yeah, thought that was interesting. Okay, I want to throw this out super quick. Okay. I don't want to dwell on this. But as I was reading about Nurkic this morning, I was thinking about Damian Lillard. And I really, really like Damian Lillard. I like the small interactions I've had with him. I like the stuff I've read about him. I think he's a high-character individual. I like his approach to his teammates being the quote-unquote face of it. There's a lot of things about him that I think are similar to Dirk. Now he wants to be Portland's Dirk. He wants to be Portland's Dirk. And he's got a way different personality than Dirk in terms of being more outgoing and some of those sorts. Dirk's very outgoing with his circle, and we know what a funny guy he is, but, uh, you know, Dirk wasn't ever going to record a rap record, right? Yeah. So, but anyways, I was sitting there thinking about all the hardships that Dame has already gone through for a player of his caliber, and I just had that moment where I was like, man, I sure would like for this to work out for him the way it did for Dirk to where he just sticks with the franchise and goes through all the stuff that is painful, and then at the end of it, he gets rewarded with the ultimate prize. I think that would be so freaking awesome. It would be, as long as it didn't come against the Mavs. As long as it didn't. Well, you know, while the Mavs are down, maybe this is the year. I don't know. And maybe that would be great for Terry, too. But I don't know. I just kind of had those Dame Dirk thoughts this morning as I was reading about that injury. I mean, he's so good. He's been an all-star so many times. I know, like, his whole kind of – He's never started in an All Star game though, no. and Dirk never really started in those All Star games. He did one games. time because yeah. someone got hurt. I right. Think. Um, his whole kind of like, I don't know, like public persona was 
based on like the no one believes in me thing because I think he got snubbed one time and maybe he got snubbed from an All NBA team and they right. got snubbed again. So it was like a no one respects me. But now Small everybody college guy. Yeah, yeah. now everybody does. Right. But he was a four year college player. Right now Weber State. I'm so. pretty sure that's the college that Dick Mata coached at. Really? Yeah. Wow. So we maybe keep going back to it. 80s Mavericks crap. Yeah. Uh, Staying loyal to the Blazers, there have been some questionable uh, decisions that have happened up there, mm-hmm. and there have been some really unfortunate situations, like Aldridge just leaving. Yeah. Did you read that article a couple weeks ago about, about the how Aldridge? He wants to go back? Yeah. Do you know why? No. Do you know who put them back together? Who's that? Jamal Crawford. Really? So LaMarcus Aldridge and Damian Lillard had beef, and neither one of them knew why. Yeah. It was Is this just like while they were teammates? Yes. They just weren't communicating. Yeah. And so they perceived... This is so amazing in a locker room of, you know, 14, 15 people. They perceived things about one another, and instead of addressing it, they just let it oh my simmer. God, that's so high school, dude. So then a year after LaMarcus Aldridge had left and gone to San Antonio, Jamal Crawford, who is friend, friends with Aldridge and shares an agent with Damian Lillard, reached out to both of them and said, you guys have to squash this crap. Yeah. And they're both like, what crap? I don't even know why the guy doesn't like me. Both of them don't know why each other don't like one another because neither one of them really don't dislike one another. Yeah. They just perceived dislike. And LaMarcus Aldridge left. That's crazy. Is that not the stupidest thing ever? That's and crazy. And now they man. have like a 45-minute conversation, and now they talk all the time, and it's just like it's amazing how in this world of ultra-confident people, fragile egos exist even within that same spectrum. That's unbelievable. really unbelievable. But it also speaks something to how you got to have either veterans or just people that are more like willing to kind of be the mediator. Yes. And also, too, like Dame was, what, 24, 25 when Uh Aldridge left? And Uh Aldridge was, what, like 26, 27, maybe 28? I don't know. Right. Still they're kind of young, you know. And and now they grew up a little bit, and now they're like, that was dumb. That was dumb. Here's what we're going to do on the next podcast. Okay. Uh, Because Kyrie Irving is doing more barking about— Is he going to come on the podcast? Yes. Okay. Maybe I'm over-promising and under-delivering. But uh, Kyrie was doing more barking after their tough week. They've lost four in a row. Yeah. Was doing more barking about young team. Well, the Mavericks next year, we're very optimistic, are going to be a very young team. Mm-hmm. Are they the outlier because of Luka's experience? M- just, you know, meditate on that for a moment, and okay. then we'll bring that back to the party next week. Okay. Sounds good, man. And I'll, t- I'll tweet out those pictures of the Luka shoes. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, don't forget, that's Akira. And also Super Saiyan Teen Gohan. That was whenever he went up against Selskin. I know you remember that, that battle. That was huge for me. That was a, a bi- very, very important battle. Yes. Um, Okay, so Mavs play the Kings tonight. Then they're back on the road, Miami and OKC. It's kind of a break. Like, they play on Thursday. They don't play again until Sunday. So it's a free weekend. The first free weekend in a long time, I might add. Uh Uh-huh. A long time. How about that? And then before you know it, April begins. The Mavs play three games in a row at home. You got Philly. You got Minnesota. You got Memphis. Then they go to Memphis. And then it is the big April 9th game against the Suns, hey. that is going to be amazing. So I'm not going to say much more. Than I'm just going to leave this here. Uh, on our last podcast, we talked about the possibility of Dirk not playing that final night against San Antonio. Yep. I am now going to say that I have changed my opinion on that. Yeah, I think he's playing. I think he's, I playing. Think he's playing. Yeah, I think he's okay. playing. So if, you're li- if you live in uh, Austin, San Antonio, maybe you live in Houston, maybe mm-hmm. you live somewhere where San Antonio is closer to you or more convenient to buy a ticket than Dallas, 
You should go to that game. Go to that game. Uh, I'll be there. You should also. I'll, I'll be there too. Are you going on the bus? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna drive separately. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you can listen party to bus it. for four hours. Is just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> you got some rat music. Are you on the bus, Lizelle? No, she's. Oh, you're rolling. And I road, we're road tripping. That's we, good. We might record a podcast while we drive. That's a great idea, yeah, dude. It would be road tripping with uh, Bob and Lizelle. Someone should make a podcast about road tripping called Road Tripping. Road trip be so great. It would be. It would be awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'll be at the game. It's going to be awesome. Uh, if you live in Dallas and you do not have tickets to April 9th, good luck trying to find them. If you do have tickets, get there early and stay for the entire freaking game. Yeah, it it's going to be, be special. You will never forget that night. Yep. Whether or not that dude comes back, it is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, okay, that's it. Got to go. We, we will see you all next week. See ya. It is Numbers on the Boards. <laughs>